Hi, I'm Lindsay. And I'm Selena. Together, we are moms to five children, including two sets of twins. At Tweet Dreams, we are passionate about helping families achieve the peaceful night's rest they deserve because we were formerly overwhelmed and sleep deprived ourselves. We love nothing more than helping families achieve their specific sleep goals. So the whole family can be rested and thriving. On this podcast, you'll not just hear about sleep related topics, we'll chat about how it started, where we are today, and the experiences that have shaped us as mothers of twins. We hope you'll enjoy listening to the ups and downs, the highs and lows, and everything in between. Hey there, it's Lindsay and Selena, and we're here today to talk about a topic that I'm sure you have Googled or even reached out to us about, and that's separation anxiety. So hey, Selena, how are you today? Hi, Lindsay. I'm really doing well, and I'm super excited to talk about this because I'm going through it right now. Exactly. And so if you know anything about us, you know that we like to just hop on and record those topics that are maybe happening at our house or with our clients. And so, yeah, we're really excited to dive into this one. We are going to sort of share our personal experiences, maybe how it pertains to sleep, especially. So Stelina, your son is 17 months. And even when I write about that 18 month sleep regression, a lot of it is to do with separation anxiety. So, you know, separation anxiety can be definitely personality based, right? Especially with twins, we see where one's like, eh, she's hanging out. She's not affected too much. Another one, super, you know, anxious and clingy for whatever reason. So Selena, I'm just going to start off by asking you like, what's going on at your house right now? Like, how are you handling it? Well, we're surviving. Just as a background, my twins are almost three and my son is 17 and a half months. So definitely in the thick of that, like almost 18 month sort of maybe sleep progression, hitting a lot of milestones. He's talking so much right now. He will repeat almost every word I say, super cute, super reassuring for me too, to just know that cognitively, like he's there, he's doing really well, you know, walking, running, climbing. I mean, this kid is, he's doing it all right. So, you know, definitely consider all that information when I say what I'm about to say, but he is in the thick of the separation anxiety phase. Okay. So I'll start off by saying, you know, from the beginning, he's a singleton. Okay. So, you know, I do have a nanny and I've had her since before he was born. So since he was born, I'd say I was always able to give him probably a little bit more attention than I was ever able to give the twins just because he's one baby. And when he was born, my my nanny mostly took care of the twins and I was able to really get that like bonding one-on-one time with him like from the get-go, okay? Which I, I really loved. I really appreciated it. And it's one of the reasons why I you know, was so happy to have another baby and just one baby after the twins because I feel like that experience was kind of robbed from me with the twins a little bit. Like I almost never held them, you know, for, for longer than, you know, a few minutes because I had to go do something else. Right. So who knows if that impacted, you know, him being a little bit more anxious when he doesn't see me or not. I'm not really sure, but yeah, for right now, he, if he doesn't see me, if I am not like next to him, right next to him, he's panicking. And, you know, 
he does go with my nanny. So I'm, I'm very happy about that. He loves her. He's known her since the day he was born. So that's great. But it's really, really challenging right now, especially when I don't have the nanny or I'm alone or my husband's at work and I do have to manage all three kids. You know, there's just a lot of time where he is whining he's crying and he's experiencing that FOMO, right? Because because of my situation, I have to separate the kids a lot, you know, mostly for safety. You know, if if the twins are in the kitchen, a lot of the time I'll have the baby in the play area and I have a big gate and he wants to be in the kitchen with the twins. Like he wants to be in on the action. He wants to be with me and he doesn't understand like why he's separated, right? Or there's other instances where, you know, the twins are able to watch a television show and like sit quietly and kind of focus on it. And he's, you know, going up to them, kind of like pulling their hair, poking their faces. And they're just like, get away from me. Like, I I, I want to watch the show right now. He just doesn't get it. So, you know, it's really challenging right now. I'm trying to do a few things to help myself. Number one is that I always tell myself that these are phases, right? So my twins kind of went through some some sort of phase like this, but I don't think it was, you know, as bad or it didn't seem as bad to me at the time. Everything's a phase. I know he's not going to be attached to my hip forever. Okay. He is my last baby. So maybe I've coddled him a little bit. Okay. I'll admit it. All right. He's the third. He's, the, he's definitely the last one. So I, I definitely do that. I I'm trying to encourage a lot of independent play, whether it happens or not for him, I am encouraging it a lot, right? So if I need to put him in the play area alone while the twins are finishing up their dinner or something, I'm constantly using these key phrases, kind of like we do in sleep training, right? Like he understands, he understands a lot, I can tell. So I always say, okay, go play, time to go play with the ball, time to go play with the car. Like I'll, I'll name a certain thing I want him to go get. I find that sometimes helps because he's like, oh, ball, car, like I need to go find that. And then he'll kind of like drift off into play. Not all the time, but you know, some of the time, which which is good for yeah. his age. And I definitely am trying to acknowledge the times that it happens too, because I feel like sometimes, you know, as parents, as people, whatever, it's really easy to focus on the negative and just be like, oh, he's so whiny. He's crying. He's doing this all the time. Whereas like, I'm trying to just notice the times where, okay, hold on a second. It's been 10 or 15 minutes and he's been playing with his cars or his balls or his kitchen set or whatever he's playing with. And I'm like, okay, like he's, you know, 17, 18 months, like 10, 15 minutes. That's a long time for, for a kid, right? At his age. So I'm trying to just like, look at the positives. You know, I definitely have sleep on my side with him too. He's still doing really well in that department. However, I will say he, he still struggles from the FOMO. You know, when I put him down in his crib, he will cry or whine for a little bit of time, but then he does drift off into sleep or, you know, kind of self-soothes because I kind of like started that from the beginning and I laid that foundation. So I am so thankful and happy that I did that from the beginning because I I know I can rely on that. So that kind of helps me get through it too. Like, okay, you know, this is his kind of whining time between the hours of like five and seven, but I know he's going to go to bed around 7.30 and I can kind of like bank on it, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of like recharge my own batteries. So that's what's going on with him. The twins, you know, they've kind of always had some of it, but not as bad as him for sure. Yeah, and... I love how you said really to focus on the positive because like most parenting coaches will say, you know, depending on their philosophy, like you want to reward the behavior that you want, 
right? Versus mm-hmm. like giving all the, ne- the, t- the attention, negative or positive, the kids just view it as attention. So if you're giving mm-hmm. a negative response, the kid's like, oh yeah, that's what mom actually wants me to do. Or that's what I should do because it gets her attention. So you might think, well, I'm not going to go disturb him because he's playing so nicely. You don't want to like disrupt that, but it's actually mm-hmm. rewarding for you and for him for you to be like, oh, I love what you built. Like that's a great little car or whatever it is. Just make a mm-hmm. comment and then like move on. And that'll definitely help further his independence. Right. So thank you for sharing the story about, you know, your single son, like he's the baby. So there's a lot in the mix there. I'm the baby in my family. And over my birthday weekend, my mom even said like, Oh yeah, I babied you. Like you were the mm-hmm. baby, you know, it's, true. it's very true. And my, my sister who's the middle child just looks at me with like, you know, horns coming out of her head and I'm like, mm, sorry, <laughs> but I wanted to touch on separation anxiety with twins. So I do feel like mamas that are listening to this that have twins, we do have a little bit of silver lining here. Our twins generally experience everything together, whether that's going to bed together, going to the doctor together, starting preschool together. So I do feel like they always have that built-in buddy. And for my family, it's definitely been a silver lining because they're not having to go into this classroom. Well, they are now, but we've we never did that in the beginning. They always have their sister with them. <clears throat> if we're starting a new lesson like swim or or gymnastics or whatever, it's not like, okay, see you later. With a singleton, it's we have that built-in system. I definitely think that's helped my family specifically. So I just wanted to touch on that, that I haven't seen a ton of separation anxiety with my children because they're just, again, maybe it'll feel different when they're adults and they're like, Oh, I always used to have this buddy and I don't have them anymore, but that's definitely benefited us 100% for them to just easily adapt. And I was not that way as a child, not Selena. I know you weren't either. So it, it, things were different when we grew up, right? There wasn't really a lot of daycares. There wasn't preschool. Wasn't what it was. Kindergarten was only part-time, right? So really to get into that school system felt like a big shock. And mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, I think I cried the first two weeks of first grade, just, just saying, right. <laughs> and I know that you kind of had a similar experience because you probably hadn't been away from your mom very much or your parents. And so, yeah. And you know, when our kids stay at home longer, they probably are going to have a little bit of an issue separating and it's not good or bad. It's just your, sorry, it's just your specific situation. But with twins, maybe Selena, like when you guys do put them into a pre-K program, maybe they're just going to like wave and go inside because who knows they've got their bestie, right? So maybe that's something that you don't have to worry about, right? Hey girl, are you tired? Not only tired from lack of sleep, but tired from searching all over the internet for sleep advice that's specific to your twins? Here at Tweet Dreams, we know that twin-specific advice and routines should be easy to find and access, and that's why we are a one-stop shop for you as a sleep resource. Our blog is chock full of advice for twins when it comes to naps, night weaning, sleeping through the night, and so much more. Not sure where to start? Be sure to grab our free twin sleep guide available for download today. This guide will walk you through an optimal bedtime routine, how to keep them synced throughout the day, and how to keep a routine going. As twin moms, we know how special those breaks are and we want you to have them. Check out the show notes to grab your copy. 
hopefully. I feel like for my twins, and I don't know if it's the same for you, they have a little bit of separation anxiety here and there, but more of it, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, I find that it may be kind of like jealousy related. Oh, like, yeah. oh, if one twin is with me, then the other twin is like, like, I need to sit on mom. Like, why do you, why are you sitting on mom? And I'll try to be like, okay, guys, like I have, I have two legs. twins it's okay one and one like it's fine so kind i struggle with that and especially now that i have three kids you know i I struggle with not being able to split myself in three and i know a lot of twin parents can can relate to this because it's the same thing when i had just the twins i would always say to myself well if it was just one like you would get all the attention obviously right but you're not and there are silver linings to twins and more twins plus one just like you said you know you do have that built-in friend that a lot of people don't have and you can kind of go through life and all these scenarios you know with your sibling right next to you which who knows like you said when they're adults if they're gonna love it or hate it I'm I'm not really sure but we'll have to see time will tell I'm really hopeful that you know hopefully when they do go to school maybe it'll be a little bit easier for them because they're twins and maybe their brother will just kind of you know follow in their path and be like yep we're ready for this but I feel like the only thing we can do is just guide them you know constantly use those key phrases just constantly tell them that they're safe they're loved that's one other thing I wanted to mention with the separation anxiety thing you know I have you know just gotten used to dealing with a lot of just you know some crying, some whining, maybe more so than other people are used to just because of like my circumstance, which is okay. I've kind of just learned to like block it out a little bit, but I always make sure that, you know, he or the twins, whichever, all of them are safe. So when I put him in the playroom, because I need to go tend to the twins or tend to somebody else, I know he's safe in that playroom, right? Like I don't have anything little that he could potentially choke on. I always have a view of it. I have a view of him. So it's similar to like, you know, when I came home from the hospital and the doctors were like, okay, if you need a minute to breathe because your child is crying or you don't know what to do, go put your infant in a safe situation. So that's probably the crib. So just go put them in the crib, do what you need to do. Just make sure that your child or twins are safe whenever they're going through any kind of separation anxiety, tantrum, anything like that, because you have to regulate yourself first. And that's something that I'm still working on, obviously. But it's something that I always do. I always just make sure, okay, he's safe. He's crying, he's whining, whatever. He's okay. Like yeah. he's safe and I need to do this. And then I'm going to go back to him and figure out what, why he's, why he's crying. That, that's really good advice. Everybody could, uh, you know, benefit from that. Definitely like just make sure they're safe, step away, take some deep breaths and then come back. So I wanted to give a couple of tips just as it pertains to sleep, right? Because Like I said, when I've written these sleep regression blogs, typically it's dual or or a couple factors here where your child's sleep might be disrupted because of separation anxiety, they need more awake time, whatever it is. So even when I'm talking to like someone on a discovery call or a client in plan who's worried about separating from their child, right? Maybe it's mom that has separation anxiety, right? Maybe they're coming from co-sleeping, whatever the situation is. I just want to help you understand and focus on that co-regulation and attachment is founded on a caregiver who is around most of the time and returns most of the time, right? Like parents work, you know, that, this, that, and the other thing, but you are a consistent loving caregiver for your child. And so 
when we know that and we know that we're we're showing up most of the time, we don't have to show up 100% of the time. It's not possible, right? And that's not where co-regulation comes in. I tell these families to really focus on the reunion. And so after we separate, it's okay to separate, right? We drop our kids off at school. We drop them off at daycare. You go run errands or we go to bed, right? And if we're sleeping separately and independently, this is okay. So really focus on that reunion. So in the morning, big high fives, hugs, keywords, right? When you pick your kids up from daycare, I remember when I used to come home from work, my kids became unglued. And I was like, mm-hmm. WTH, like, what is happening here? And they probably were like, well, mom, we like behaved all day. And like, I missed you. And I'm so happy to see you. And like, but they couldn't say that. So they just like would hang on my legs and scream. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> right. But like really focus on that reunion. They're really happy to see you in the morning after work, whatever it is. So yeah, that's, that's peace of mind. I think when we're starting to implement behaviors, routines, and habits that have us separate. was something I was thinking about last night when it comes to, I don't know if it's really separation anxiety, could be more so just when our kids are just not themselves. I mean, you would say that about your son right now. He's just not really himself right now. He's just going through a hard time, whether it's separation anxiety or what have you. And so I go back to this memory of when my twins were about 19 months, I would say. And I'm briefly going to touch on the wonder weeks. Okay, guys, wonder weeks. If you don't know what it is, it's this doctor scientist man from Europe who came up with this philosophy that our kids go through stormy periods and they go through sunny periods. There's no Mm -hmm. research and much science to back it up. So he's been debunked, but I followed it as a first time mom. So there's a little bit of validity to it. I'm just going to say this really quickly. It could heighten my separation or it could heighten my anxiety, but it also gave me some validation. I'm just going to say this. There was a period when my daughter was about 19 months where she cried for six weeks. And I'm not, I'm not joking. I literally am not joking. If she wasn't eating or sleeping, she was crying. I have videos of her sitting on my lap. She has, she needed nothing. She could want for nothing. And she was still crying. Okay. I thought I was going to lose my mind. And then finally this fog lifted. I'm like, what happened to her? Like she's, there's something wrong here. She's never going to be, she's never going to smile again. And then all of a sudden one day, boop, she went back to her normal temperament and maybe she had some new skills to, to show for it. Maybe she had a language burst, especially at that age. Who knows? Could be anything. Could be anything. Exactly. But in the moment I was just like, what on God's green earth is happening right now? So look at Wonder Weeks. Don't look at Wonder Weeks. I think just I'm saying this because your kids are not always going to be content and happy. And I think that's what I struggle with a lot. But they're working on something. They're developing so quickly. And you will be able to get back to those sunny periods. Okay, guys, that's all the time we have for um, this topic today. I'll be sure to link those blogs where I talk about separation anxiety, primarily 18 months, two years how to keep that consistent bedtime routine. Hello. If we're going through a child that's cranky, we need them to take their naps and go to sleep, right? Just like Selena said. So I'll be sure to link those. And as always, we're here for you. If you need anything, we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.
If you liked this episode and conversation, be sure to leave a review or rating. Share it with a friend on social media or a family member. It's our goal to reach as many parents of multiples and singletons alike. You're not alone in your parenting journey. If you'd like to hear about a specific topic or have an episode idea, please feel free to message us. We're here to help. 